All righty, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. One, two, three, action. All right. Welcome to our podcast, Three High Schoolers, One Problem, where we discuss current events and problems from the perspective of a high schooler. All right, be prepared for some raw emotions and remember that these are just our opinions. Well, moving on, we're your hosts, Tech, Emily, and Noel. Tech has been a longtime enjoyer of U.S. and international politics, and he also gets overly passionate when talking about the current state of the U.S. government. Emily's favorite pastime is being unnecessarily pretentious and pulling all-nighters making Google Doc evidence files about debate resolutions she makes ChatGPT come up with. And Noelle has been an active investor and currently pursuing the career path of becoming a businessman. Dang. That was so funny. <laughs> oh, dang. Gosh. Well, are we actually like are we actually doing this right now? Yeah. First episode. Yeah. Like, does does anyone even want to listen to us? You know what I mean? Like, do they even want to listen to the perspective of a high schooler? schooler. Like, what do they expect from yeah, us? If it's meant to work out, it'll work out. No, nah, we got this. We got this. I might upload this. You never know. I might just clip this and then just upload it. The actual Zoom video? No, no, there's no video. It's just audio. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But well, Loki, this is going to be a run through. All right, let's keep this seven minutes. Ready? Yeah. I just can't believe I got back from my SAT, dude. Or not just back, but like I had the SAT today. And like, you know, like I was like taking it and I was like so upset. Because like there's like a question, right? It's like Y equals 30X plus 120. And I looked at the question and then it said, what is the slope? I was like, there's no way. It's 30. Because <laughs> Y equals 30X plus 120. I was like, 30. It's 30. But why is it so like easy? You know what I mean? I, I like I was looking at these questions and I was like, there is no way this test is an indicator of, of my intelligence. <sighs> so yeah, I, I have problems with the SAT, not gonna lie. But I'm really happy like it's becoming less relevant. Like, you know, Columbia University, they don't even look at it anymore. So. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's optional, though. It's optional. And yeah. isn't that a, that's a distinction between test blind and test, test optional? Okay, honestly, if, it, if the test is optional, doesn't that mean they're just not considering it? <laughs> I mean, they said that they're not going to put us at a disadvantage. No, 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 no. From what I've heard from my Korean mom, that's like on Korean mom sites, right? Like, oh, me, I American moms, like, or Korean moms, like Korean immigrant moms, like, they have their own forums, right? They have like their mm. own Discord, not Discord, uh, like Reddit. Reddit? That's so scary. Call us <laughs> <laughs> <Polish laughs> confidential. What I heard from her is that you're kind of like, regarded differently if you have the test versus if you don't have standardized testing like in the sense that if you have tests then you're grouped with the people that haven't sent in their tests and then they look at your applications from that pool versus if you do have a test then they look at your applications from that like pool of applicants that's what i've heard wait isn't that kind of like weird though because then theoretically right only the tryhards are gonna take the sat Therefore, their application is going to be much better. But if you don't take, put in the SAT, then does that just mean you get put with the people who didn't want to take the SAT? I think it also means that like they're going to look at your extracurriculars more. They're going to look at your grades more. It's yeah. like once you mm. take out that standardized testing, they're going to look other like they're going to look at other factors a little more closely. Yeah. 
and it's like like let's say you have someone that has like super good extracurriculars they're like they like won a Nobel Peace Prize or something but they didn't send in their test then automatically like that person is gonna get like uh, like reviewed in the same pool of applicants as someone that like I don't know like yeah that like didn't get a Nobel Peace Prize then wouldn't it make sense that not sending in your grade or your your test but then having like really good extracurriculars and having like a really good GPA like wouldn't that make you more competitive within that pool yeah true but personally I hate how grades is an indicator of like your six like not an indicator like that's like they're so focused on the grades it's like so stupid because like in the end like what colleges want is like kids who improve like the status of the college right therefore kids who graduate and go on to like make a lot of money because then more money comes back into them because they're alumni and then you get more money from the alumni bigger school better school more kids come they make more money so do they really want truly smart people or do they want kids that just like will help their college grow you know what i mean like yeah, I think I definitely understand your um, sentiments of like grades being um, grades being like, you know, affecting the chances of getting you into high school. But I like I get why they're doing that. It's because college, college is still a school, right? Like you still take courses, like especially when you go on to, you know, call it like top colleges, like their courses are going to be very rigorous. Like mm-hmm. your like it's going to be challenging. And I think that grades is definitely one of the factors that they take in to see if you're ready for that college coursework or not. So I, yeah, definitely there are a lot of like downsides to being like having grades being reviewed it as part of the application process. But I think that's just one way of how like it is necessary though. Mm. But you know what I think like, what, like what would be like a really good idea? I think if you had a college that just specifically focused on kids that have like unique talents, all right? For example, like this kid is like incredibly good at math or whatever. Like this kid's like a genius. And you just focus, like, it's like a college that's like focused on that like aspect. It's just like one aspect. Like if you're like a business kid, then like you can just like start your business in high school or whatever and not have to worry about grades and then be able to go to that college that's like focused on like that one thing. I don't know. I feel like that would be better. But at the same time, I don't know. I just don't like grades. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from grades and like school stuff. We already know. Basic. It's all over the news. The student loan forgiveness. What are you guys' thoughts oh, on that? Lord. Um, yeah. So um, Supreme Court just had its case on um, the Biden administration's plan on student loan forgiveness and with an overly conservative majority in the court i um it's definitely not looking good for biden right now and a lot a lot of the arguments that these um conservative majority judges are making is that it's unfair for the government to be paying someone uh, and not be paying for someone who is an entrepreneur and as and is already attempting to pay their loans off. So I think mm-hmm. it's like the the rhetoric that they're using is that like it's unfair that we are paying for someone else's luxury when they can't even afford it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Define luxury. 
<laughs> what um, the heck? Luxury would, uh, I would I would classify luxury as something that would be very like would be very difficult if not impossible to afford. So for example, if we look at the top institutions, their um so their tuitions like everything like included would equate up to maybe um like 60k plus, right? And a lot of like low income families can't afford these can't afford their kids to attend these um, institutions. And so that results them into taking student loans and then paying them back, like paying it back later, right? And then what student loan forgiveness does is that we, the taxpayers essentially pays off those loans. And so I think definitely one problem that arises when that happens is that we're paying out, we're paying some for someone else's like luxury, right? We're paying, we're paying like, they have a lot of other alternatives that can go, that they can go to. Like for example, community college, um, I know that community college isn't as expensive as, you know, these top private institutions are, but, um, and, but like people can still get very successful at these community colleges. And I've heard of stories where like people became like senators from becoming uh, from uh, like after they attended these, you know, community colleges and there's still room for success, but they may like some people make the choice of going to these institutions when at the first place that they, they can't even afford it. And mm -hmm. so I think that's where um, loan forgiveness really uh, makes it difficult for us. Okay, I I think, uh, right. Do you want to go? No, 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 sorry. So when you say like, like people shouldn't be using their taxpayer money to pay for the luxury of others, you're referring to the luxury as them having the opportunity for education at these institutions, right? Yeah. But if someone is qualified, let's say they have the extracurriculars, let's say they have the, the GPA and the test scores that makes them qualified for this, this opportunity. Why should we define the right to education that a qualified person is able to get as a luxury and luxury being as a privilege? Because when we- Like we're not determining it. It's just that it's the harsh reality that they have to face. I, I don't think that we as taxpayers should be burdened by those realities that they have to face. And like, believe me, like I- totally get what you're saying that these people are definitely qualified and they 100% deserve to attend these institutions. Well, my problem is that it shouldn't impact us in a way that we have to pay for these luxuries. Of course, like financial aid also comes in play in many um, institutions, but let's just face it, it's crapshoot, right? It doesn't really like solve much for in like some cases, but I don't think it's fair for taxpayers to be paying other people's luxuries, even when they like, you know, deserve to go there. And I, yeah, and like I said, there are different like alternatives that they can take, even though they're qualified mm -hmm. to take the more, you know, interesting route. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm just gonna say something real quick. Okay, what I think is like the biggest problem here is that I feel like Ivy schools are like overrated, in my opinion. Like mm -hmm. these big like private institutions, like they're like way overvalued, right? Cause like, you don't really need to go to these colleges in order to be successful. Like, it's like, you don't have to like graduate from like Harvard or whatever. I feel like a big, like common misconception is like, okay, like if I just pay for the most expensive school that I'm sure like that'll have like the most benefit, right? Like you go for like luxury products, like even though they're not like as expensive, like the quality isn't as like good as like the price. It's like the fact that you have it 
that you have it like under your belt right mm. so i feel like because i definitely don't don't feel like people should be denied like if they want to go to this college and this is like their dream then they, you should they shouldn't be like no you can't go there because like we don't want to pay for you but i think another way to look at it is also like it's going to get harder for those families because they're going to get more debt like student loan debt and then if like they use our taxpayer money then the overall economy is like going to struggle right which means there's less money economy doesn't do as well their family like makes less money now they have this student debt and like it's just it's like a negative and a negative but at the same time i feel like people shouldn't be denied like the right to live their best life like if that's what like that's what they really want to do then i think they should do it it's just i feel like these crazy amazing schools aren't as worth it yeah 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 um to that. <laughs> sorry when tech brought up the point of like taxpayer money being used i feel like there's definitely like parameters for how taxpayer money should be used and that is based on whether it's a republican or democrat majority on how these like pieces of legislation are solved out but also the thing is the entirety of the, the fundamental purpose of taxpayer money is to somehow benefit society back in a way that's used throughout the government the government being the the means to which legislation is created or whatever program xyz is created and then that taxpayer money, because it's like circulated throughout the economy, that's being back invested back into the people, whether that's like in infrastructure, whether it's like fixing up highways and stuff. So like what if we go with the logic of, oh, if these people don't like if they can't afford to be in these places anyways, like, oh, why should we help them? If we use that same logic for like uh, the, the drug epidemic, it's like, oh, they got addicted in the first place. Why should we set up like programs to help them anyways? Because the thing is, the fact that the people can't afford these colleges isn't by them, isn't like their fault. It's the system, it's, it's the systematic limitations that prevent them from going there. If, if everyone had, if everyone was part of the 1%, the number one, then theoretically anyone would be part, like be able to afford these schools, which then in turn would increases their chances of success because it increases their chances of a job. So if they have these abilities and they're able to afford their, these schools, okay, great. But what makes these people not able to afford these schools? It's like the societal, the societal system that doesn't let people afford it. It's the like socioeconomic differences, like race ties into it too. It's like historical precedence. But at the same time, if we say, oh, you just, you're just poor, so you're not gonna get an education, even though you're clearly smart enough, even though you're qualified, if we use that same logic, then then number one, what does it say about any other aspect in society? And number two, why are we putting the blame on people that clearly deserve it? Um, I wouldn't say not getting an education, like not getting the right to an education, because there are certainly, like, like I said, there are certainly other alternatives that they can take that they like they can get the fullest of their education. Like it doesn't have to be really community college, but definitely Highland Community College. I know there are other institutions that, you know, some a lot of low, low income families can afford and they can definitely, you know, make the best out of that, too. And like, believe me, like that systematic like theory that you were talking about is real. But like right now like there isn't really any like there isn't a real solution to this right now and i think that right like i think that as of right now the best thing like I, like until this is solved which i don't know when it is solved but i think definitely um something that you know um these people can do is to really just make the best out of the choices that they have 
And I definitely do think that, you know, they deserve uh, like an indication that the one, the top 1% also receives. But it's just at a point right now where we have to pay for that. And I don't think it's fair for the people to be impacted by that when they themselves don't like when that like the, the people that are being imposed um, are not like at fault. Mm. yeah yeah i mean i definitely like it's there's definitely not like one straight answer to this clearly (laughs) it's like oh you feel bad for people who aren't like financially like there but you also feel bad for the people who worked hard to get to that point so it's like middle ground either way but speaking of drugs as emily mentioned moving on to my favorite topic drug cartels (laughs) (laughs) oh man to a new topic straight up yeah of course can't stay in student loans forever yeah, so my favorite on. topic yeah, drug I think, cartels I think, I think just for a clean finish obviously i think i think we we're all in the consensus that it's not a one solution fix like just like giving out money for student loans obviously isn't going to fix it because it's more of a systematic issue like how noel mentioned and brought up the point of ivy leagues it's like yeah they're overrated but also compared to community colleges compared to i don't know like like the top one I'm, I'm like literally, literally top 100 colleges there is a statistical correlation with higher success rate success rate measured by like salaries like well-being of life um like happiness and so yes ivy leagues are to an extent overrated but at the same time there is substan there is a substantial increased probability of someone quote-unquote succeeding in life by going to these schools than just turning to like a lower tier school mm, yeah i mean i definitely agree but i think it's like the cultural it's like a cultural thing too it's like a lot of people that like like us right our family's like okay ivy league top school like if you get there like you'll succeed like that's not guaranteed either yeah but i think it's like the fact that we're so locked onto that it's like oh if i go to community college i'm never gonna be successful i'm never gonna strike it rich but i think that's the problem that's like where the problem sprouts it's like you you're locked into a mindset where it's like oh I'm not like those Ivy League people. I'm never going to be rich. I'm going to be stuck here forever, like in the same place. But I think... Oh, a mindset. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, because there's, um I, I know a teacher, 2.0 GPA, almost failed high school, got into fights all the time. Uh, he went to community <laughs> college. He was, he got locked in at community college, right? He got completely locked in. And then he like, he started like acing all of his things. Like he studied like super hard, like everything. And then he went to UC, he transferred to UC Irvine after two years of community college. Um, he basically had like no debt, like he wasn't paying for that much. Uh, he ended up studying really hard. Now that guy owns like three properties, <laughs> renting them out in like all parts of the world. It's like, it's crazy. And he's a teacher. He doesn't get paid like an incredible amount, but he still gets paid like pretty solid amount. And it's like, he just knows what to do. He works really hard. He works up at, he wakes up at 3 a.m every day and he sleeps at like nine but i think it's just like you just gotta make sure you don't get locked into that if i don't get into ivy league if i don't get into good college then i'm nothing type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like a yeah. really good like real life example and it's like in terms of like the context of student loans i think we have to really ask ourselves like why is this a problem in the first place like what's the root cause of it and it's really a systematic issue that like places like so much financial burden on these people. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not gonna be a one like solution kind of thing that over like compasses over that's not a word. 
<laughs> like like fixes mm-hmm. the entire situation because it's more like a, a societal like systemic thing that forces these people to have to pay, pay for these and that's why we have to turn to again like tech said like solutions that aren't really going to work long term mm-hmm. yeah the final consensus is there's no quick solution just don't go to school drop out <laughs> <laughs> no student that baby why worry about student don't not go to school exactly our community college no two two years free completely free um anyways as we talked about earlier drug cartels let's get it uh oh, i don't know if you guys yeah. heard the news two people shot across the border mexico drug cartel there are four people but two people got shot and they died american citizens by the way thoughts yeah, it's just um like it's like it's really interesting how these drug cartels basically act as like it, the equivalent of like regular like just regular u.s companies like 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 right i think it was two days after these people were kidnapped and they ended they ended up um slaughtering two people it's, um they're uh the cart the gulf cartel which was responsible for the whole situation ended up posting an apology letter and <laughs> That's something that you don't really expect from a drug cartel now. It's like they're operating as like just regular companies that, you know, like that want to show that they have a heart, right? And uh, like, it's just really shocking for me to see that that's like just how regular business goes in Mexico, like the drug cartels, like the violence. I think that's just, I don't know. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, yeah. So Gulf Cartel, like you mentioned, they they apologize and they turn people in. They turn like, like their own people in. They're like, oh, these guys are involved, which we don't know. Maybe they weren't involved. Maybe they're just like strangers or like the lower like henchmen people that got turned in. But it's actually not uncommon to see like a lot of cartels apologize because they just have to have a like, good reputation because then otherwise their business won't work out so well. Um, they also, you know what's really funny? I was watching a video on them, right? These cartels, they hand out toys and foods to people in the community. Isn't that so funny? Like on Christmas Day, they'll like be handing out gifts to kids. I think that's so funny. Like, why? Because it's so sad. Like, it's not funny. It's really sad. I mean, okay, what what's really funny is that these guys, like, they have like these guns and they're so scary looking, and then they're handing like a bunny plushie to a kid. <laughs> and was, like... It's ironic. Yeah, it's so ironic, but it's also kind of like wholesome, but at the same time, it's like kind of scary. It's like just makes me laugh. Maybe I shouldn't laugh though. What? Because okay, okay, yeah. Maybe that was a little. But it's like it's actually really sad though, because like it shows how the government is like so incompetent, like that they can't even like do these things and like these conditions, so that the drug cartels have to step in. Yeah, but did you know that drug cartels like they make up like their their whole like business is worth around like five hundred billion dollars. Yeah, they're totally. really well financed. Like they, yeah. like their point, like one of their major, like I don't know, like major goals is to like reduce competition and like you know sell drugs, baby. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I did hear that they're very well financed, and I think what's kind of smart is that if they apologize, right, like that that'll kind of reduce the chances of them having like and geo like geopolitical conflict with the yeah. U.S., right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think they did take the right step but as far as i know like no one can predict you know what the u.s is going to be like 
I don't think they're gonna retaliate though, are they? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely against drug cartels just because of the fact that, like, oh, but but, and if you're a member of the drug cartel listening to this, don't 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 kill me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, who knows? You never know. But I just like think drug cartels. This created a lot, a lot of like violence around that area, and violence is not good for the like the cities that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people get like shot and died, and like the crossfire between like you know gangs, mm-hmm. and I think one like really ironic thing is that people are like, oh, like drugs, you know, like drugs, like let's go drugs. But in reality, when you buy those drugs, like a bunch of drugs are like sold in the U.S. that are from like these cartels, right? Because they have like influence everywhere. And I think it's crazy that, like, they're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, drugs is okay. Like, don't judge people for doing drugs. Like, they're just doing what they want. Like, live life happily. But in reality, when you buy these drugs, you're kind of, like, supporting the cartels who are kind of killing people. So it's, like, you're kind of helping people kill people, which personally, to me, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I don't know. But to me, I guess it crosses my, like, moral, what is that called? Moral compass. compass. Yeah. Mess up my moral compass. So yeah, I think that like, like, so stepping out of the drug cartel, I think that's just really how Mexico is in terms of safety. Mm. Like, it's true that they were definitely they were crossing a very dangerous part of Mexico, mm-hmm. but if you look at the news right now, two more I think it's two more people were miss are missing from um they're missing in Mexico right now, and mm-hmm. they crossed tech from Texas to go to a flea market in Mexico. And they've been missing for like a couple of days. So like things like this, they're not very uncommon. And it's really yeah. sad because it's like kind of sad yeah. reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's also an even crazier one. Uh what is that? What is that one company for drug? Oh no, no, not company, company. Um that one government, government thing that monitors like drugs and stuff. Is it called the FDA? DEA? FDA? I think it might be drug, DEA, oh. drug enforcement administration, right? So there was a, there was like, there was a, there was a like high member of like DEA, right? Like he was in a really high position, DEA, and then he went to Mexico, right? And he was killed, or he, well, he died, he died in Mexico. And then they're saying like the me- or the Mexican like the government and everything is like saying that they fell he fell off the roof or like the balcony, right? But then his wife was there with them, was saying like, oh no, that definitely like he definitely didn't fall off the roof by himself. Like someone else did that to him, right? But if that's true, then it's crazy how like these like cartels have so much power that they can just kill somebody and just like kill somebody that's part of like that's a high high position of like government power, right? I just like have no consequences. Yeah, and there's still that one moment that's where they can uh they captured El Chapo's son, but then the gangs got so mad that like they started like blocking off roads and airports and then like started shooting like places and then they're like, okay, you know what? Fine. And then they gave back El Chapo to the gang. <laughs> I think that's so sad. Like the government, like they didn't have like the power. They don't like, yeah. I think it's sad that the government failure is like causing a lot of this. You know. Well, talking about failures, we got oh. a big failure on the list today. 
Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> so, have you guys heard about Silicon Valley Bank? Yeah. Um, Roku's 26% asset loss. Hmm. Mind-blowing. Yeah, 26% of their capital stuck inside of Inc. So, Silicon Valley Bank is, for those of you guys who don't know, haven't heard about this, um, is a venture capitalist bank. So, like, they basically invest in a lot of startups, a lot of entrepreneurs invest or not invest put their money in there roku being one of them uh another cryptocurrency related stable coin called circle is also part of that um they had money in there i don't know about any other companies oh no i know that it's like there's a lot of small startups but there's an article on npr about how this could like actually like wipe out a whole generation of startups because so many like small startups had like their money in there, right? And Roku had 200, no, $469 million in there. Circle had $3.3 billion in there, but now they can't recover any of it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we see a lot of this like happening. Like, obviously this is not new. We had um, FTX. Um, I know that was more like maybe on like the more government pressing an investigation kind of situation. But mm-hmm. uh, we do see like, you know, cl- bank closures like that. And my question to you is, how is this going to shape new regulations? Like, or are there going to be new regulations or should there be regulations mm-hmm. regarding these situations? Well, personally, I think in the so uh, Silicon Valley bank case, it wasn't really like there was no like fraud or anything like that going on. It's more just like they had an investment, like they messed up on an investment and then people got scared. So they started taking out money and there's a bank run. And then so it got closed because they didn't have enough like funds basically to pay everybody. Um, I mean, yeah, their stock price tanked like 60% one day. So yeah, but I think definitely with like cryptocurrency, there's gonna be a lot more regulation. There's been talks about like a lot more regulation because like the technology is like really useful. It's just like a question of how can we use it in a way that it's just there's too many scams. There's too many scams in the cryptocurrency related area because you just can't track anything, right? And like there's no real rules. So it's like if you invest into like a scam, then that's like kind of on you. There's no real like a reinforcement of that, like stocks or anything like that. Because anyone can make a cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I definitely see more space over that. But I think one common trend we can see in all of these is like there's a lot of a lot of problems with like risk. Like because startups, they're pretty risky. And I think in an economic environment like this, it's definitely it's definitely better to stay play it a little safe. Because with all these like economic uncertainties, it's it's probably the right thing to do. Because these like smaller companies are gonna like have it a lot more rough. Yeah. Well, anyways, that wraps up our first episode of three high schoolers and one problem. Any last words? Like three problems, actually. Well, shh. <laughs> actually, four. Actually, I didn't ask. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Who wants to do closing? I think Emily got it. What do you mean closing? I don't know. We had an opening, so you got to do a closing, right? Um, closing. I think Noel got it first episode. I I already did the opening, so like. You got it. Yeah, you got this. I don't even know how to close. Thanks for covering us. I kind of already closed. Yeah, you did. You did. So there's no need for another. Right, you can say, all right, thanks for coming to Three High Schoolers, One Problem. We hope to see you next time. Adios. Uh, ah, I get it. Drug cartels. <laughs> <laughs>